of you for joining us today. I thank God that uh, you took some time out. As I was talking with one young lady, Miss Arteria, I, I was said to her, you know, it's a good time for us to stop and fellowship. You know, in this day and time, a lot of us don't get out to go to church. So this is our our church time. And this is our time. At, hopefully that when you all leave this lesson, you walk away more equipped with, with something in hand that you can go back and study and it might be an almond. I didn't know that, but I knew of it, but I really didn't know it too much about it. So I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer and we're going to get started. And as we walk along here, I'll give you the scriptures. Make sure you got a pen and paper. And those of you all that can download uh, Spotify, it, it is on, I will have it on Spotify within uh, half an hour to an hour after we, we close the teaching part. You know, then we do the open mic for a while. So that's about another uh, 20 minutes or so. So after that, uh, Father God, I just want to come to, as we come touching and agreeing today. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one that has taken time out of their day to gather with us. Thank you, Father God, for every household that's represented. Thank you, Father God, for all of those that's not able to make it and do have a will to come and join us, Father God. Thank you for the new thing that you are doing in our lives, Father God. And as you have said, now it is flowing. We see the flowing of it, Father God. We, I pray and ask, Father, that you open the eyes of our heart. Those that cannot see or hear you, Father God, step into the room and open the eyes of their heart so they have the ability to receive your spirit, Father God, and receive your word, Father God, and put it in the child and be able to use it at a different time. Father, I ask blessing on Miss Pauline that, that's in the nursing home, in the care center, Father God. I ask you to just walk in that room, Father God. You are a healer. This day, Father God, give her the strength in her hands to be able to use her hands again, Father God. Restore her body, Father. You said you are a restorer, and I believe you, and I trust you, and Father, for each and every word that's said today, let it encourage and be beneficial to someone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you all. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the lesson today, as I said, what we sent out, uh, for whoever that just came in, thank you for joining us. And we're just starting. I sent the video out. Not the, yeah, okay, I, it's right, Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for joining us. I uh, sent the little, I just sent the video out about Mommy, why don't we celebrate Halloween? And now, and, and this is an educational period, you all. This is something that we should, those of us that have grandchildren, and I think most of you all that's on the line, your children is of, of past 18. I don't, I don't know of anybody online. There may be some online that has some young, young children, but praise God. That's all I can say. Praise God. But those that will hear it later, this book, Mommy, uh, why don't we celebrate Halloween is basically a tool for Christian and, and as your belief is why you don't celebrate Halloween and as we go through this you're going to learn a lot and just put it in your child go back and listen to the lesson and be be able to uh, share it with someone you know there's one thing that you've I've learned over the years here I've heard it said though if the, it's, it's said that those who stand for nothing will fall for anything Bottom line, if you don't stand for nothing, you're going to fall for any old thing that comes along. They used to call them okie-dokes. Okay, any old okie-dokes, that's what the old old Slewfoot people used to say. Okie-doke, whatever the man said, they'll take it and walk with it. 
Okay, dope. Okay, dope. But if you gotta have a conviction, you gotta be able to say, "No, I don't like this." If, but if if it don't matter to you, anything's gonna come about. It ain't gonna matter to you. Just keep right on going with the same old nothing over and over and over again. But first, I want to give you a couple of scriptures about standing for nothing. Now, Proverbs twenty nine and eighteen. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Bottom line. If you don't have no vision, what, what are you, how are you going to walk? What do you do? What are you going to do with your life? Are you doing nothing with it every day? You're just getting up, going to work, come back home, do nothing, watch all that junk on TV. You never thank God for nothing. You just, you just here. But that's not being happy. But the word in Proverbs 29 and 18 said, Where there is no vision, the people pay. You'll, you'll die when you don't have a vision. But he that keepeth the law, this is Proverbs now in the Old Testament, but he that keepeth the law, he is happy. If you follow the rules of God, you're going to be happy. Hosea 4 and 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. Thou shalt be no priest to me. God said in his word that we are a royal priesthood. priesthood. But he said, if you reject him, thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. Do y'all hear that? I'm going to read it again in case you didn't hear me. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, and I will also forget your children. I don't want God to ever forget my children. So I'm going to be obedient and do what he says, and, and shout it out from the rooftop. Now, getting on down to it, the Halloween holiday has its roots in ancient Celtic festivals. In Sandham, that's uh, it's a pagan religious celebration to welcome the harvest at the end of the summer, when people would light bonfires and wear costumes towards to to ward to ward off ghosts. Again, it was a celebration that the Celtic, C-E-L-T-I-C people had. And excuse my voice, it's a little strange, you all. You all know how my voice is, but it's getting better. Thank you, Jesus. It's getting better every day. Now, when they, what they would do, they would have bonfires. And I do, I do remember some people, I, my mom and dad didn't let us go to stuff like that. Uh, if they had a bonfire somewhere, we didn't go to it. But I do know out here, people used to have bonfires that lived out in the country. Uh, that was years ago. Now I know. I think they have some bonfires out on some of the farms here out in the country. Uh, and they, what the people did at that time, uh, they were like bonfires and wear costumes to ward off ghosts. Ghosts. All right. Now the festival of Sandham marked the t- transition to the new year at the end of the harvest and the beginning of the winter. Celtic people believed that during the festival spirits walked the earth. 
Later on, Christian missionaries introduced All Souls Day, and I'm not going to go there. All Souls Day, as of this, as of now, is November second, and this is a tr tradition that the Catholic people have, especially Catholics from Mexico. They have this tradition, and you can Google it and look it up. So know, know some of the things that's around you. Now, this idea what was uh, set up. Uh, it's the idea of living, coming in contact with the dead around the same time of year. And it was something about coming in contact with the dead, dead people. This is what the Mormons are based on also. Now, in order to avoid being terrorized by the evil spirits, walking the earth during Sandham, the Celtics uh, down disguises so that they would not be taken for spirits themselves and be left alone. Well, they did. They dressed up so they wouldn't get get uh, be be misunderstood as if they were one of those spirits. So they put on something different. Now the Celtics were a collection of tribes with the origins in Central Europe that shared a sim a similar language, a religious beliefs, traditions, and culture. Think as I'm saying this, you're all thinking to things you might know now. There's a group of people that got down, got together based on their similar language, religious beliefs, traditions, and culture. Uh, it's believed that the Celtics culture started in early 1200 BCs. Now, the Celtics spread it throughout uh, Western Europe, including Britain, Ireland, France, and Spain. And uh, this is due to some migration. Now, their legacy even remains prominent today in Ireland and Great Britain, where traces of the language and culture are still prominent. By the 3rd century B.C., the Celtics controlled much of Europe, much of Europe continent north of the Alps mountain range, including the present-day Ireland and Great Britain. This is something you should know. Now, one of the questions that, that is most prominent, you might be asking the same question. Should a Christian celebrate Halloween? Now, some Christians celebrate Halloween simply by dressing up in a costume and having fun. Seeing this as an innocent and harmless, other Christians are equally convinced that Halloween is a uh, satanic holiday established to worship evil spirits and promote darkness and wickedness. So what's right? So who is who's right on all of this? It is possible for Christians to celebrate Halloween without compromising their faith. Is it possible? And 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 you know what? I know in corporate, I you know I, I retired from corporate, and in corporate when this holiday come, when this thing come around, it was mandatory for you to dress up. But if you didn't know yourself, you you went on and did what everybody else in the group was. I've always been a rebel. I didn't dress up for Halloween as a child. I didn't teach my children how to dress up for Halloween when they were younger. We would just go buy the candy and put it out where they can get it. We didn't have them going for their door to their door doing no trick or treat. So I, I never participated, even when they said bring food and all that. I don't eat other people food in a Greek group. I don't do that. Never did it even before the COVID. Way back in the late 90s, late 80s, when I was in corporate. I, I, if you bought some food home, food to the office, I didn't eat it because I knew who you were. You had dogs and cats in your kitchen dripping on your counter. I wasn't going to put that mess in my body because I knew who I was. Now, Halloween, no matter how commercialized it has uh, completely, it's still a pagan origin. No matter what it says today, it's still a pagan origin. Uh, 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 
Origin, O-R-I-G-I-N-S. You all bear with me with my, my pronunciation of words. And, you know, it seems real innocent, but it's, it's, it is not. It's, it's not something you should take lightly. Christians tend to have various ways to celebrate or not to celebrate Halloween. For some, it means having an alternative harvest party. And I see that in the church now prevalent. Even when I was able to get in the church, the church that we were in back in the 90s, uh, that was one of the alternatives that we started to have was a harvest day. And what that was, we would get, uh, like, make it like a, uh, what, what do you call it? My daughter's not online, but it's a harvest party. We would get all these games. That we, it, it was all like when you go to the fair. We, we actually had a fair at uh, on this night, and the kids, not necessarily did they dress up. They could if they wanted, but it was a way to extend it to the community. And even the church that I belong to, Nine Pilgrim Rest, they do the same thing. They have a major one. And with the major one, it spread it out to the whole city of Phoenix Metro. I'll say the state, because people come all over. They give out free clothes. This free this year, I hear they're giving out free clothes. They always give out free food. And they always have candy, rides, and games that everybody can participate. And, th- and that's what we have done. That's what some of the Christians have done. Now, for some people, it means having an alternative harvest party, like I said. For others, it is staying away from ghosts witches, goblins, and other things and wearing uh, costumes that's what some people like little little costumes like little princes clowns, cowboys superheroes, some choose not to do anything electing to lock themselves in the house with the lights off lights all cut off and with our freedom as Christians we are limited to decide how how or how not and if you like some people like locking their stuff in and turning the lights out in the community that I'm in I've been here now for about seven years and there's no kids around and no there are kids but they don't they're not a, a we're not a community for kids rolled up and down the street I think when I first got in this community there used to be some outsiders to this hidden community that would come and uh bring their kids in for candy but I think one time somebody did that and I just opened the door and said I don't celebrate Halloween I just don't do it I had candy I didn't give it out because I didn't want to kind of adjust it another way it's up to you. you God gives us a choice as to how you want to do this but you can't hide yourself and not make a decision as we said in the very beginning if you don't stand for something that means you're going to fall for anything you got to have a conviction to be able to stand for something. Now, going on into the lesson. Now, in the Old Testament, Israel looked at witchcraft was a crime punishable by death. This is a form of witchcraft. That's all Halloween is, a form of witchcraft. And we're going to pull out more and more about the demons and all the spirits. Now, it said the witchcraft spirit was punishable by death. Do I believe that? Somebody trying to control you, tell you what you got to do. In the Old Testament, there would be a dead duck. And one part that I like, I know this is off the side, one part that I like, when, when, when your child got rude or said something rude wrong to you, you, t- you shake them up and you stand them up in the courtyard and all the seniors would stone them to death. Those kids that mouth off, mouth off to us now, uh, Old Testament, God said, kill them. Just kill them. And that's what happened. That was the old tradition. Stand them up in the courtyard and throw stones at them until they're dead. 
Exodus 22 and 18. Grab that one. When you get a chance, y'all write this one down. Read all of Exodus 22. You'll be surprised some of the stuff that was in the law back then, what you would die from. You'll be surprised. But one of them I picked out was 22 and 18. It says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Leviticus 19 and 31. It says, do not turn to mediums. A medium is a, 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 a witch, you all. Mediums are seek out spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. That's what God said to them. Don't do it. Don't do this. And like you said, when you read Leviticus uh, 19, yes, we are no longer under the law. Thank God we're not under the law, because we wouldn't have as many people on the line right now. Because most of us will be dead based on what the law said. That's why G, That's why God sent his son. Because we would not have made it two days living up under the law. Uh, going on as now spiritualist uh, is a person that communicates between the spiritual word, world and the material. Bottom line, a, a spiritist is the one that communicates with the dead. Once you're dead, you're dead. But this this time, we're allowing people to give us this old vomit that you can still communicate with the dead. And there's a lot of uh, organizations that's actually teaching this now. Now, they believe that some people barely sense what the Spirit... There are some people that barely sense what the Spirit is telling them entirely. They're not away aware of their uh, influences. Uh, hold on a second, you all. Excuse me. <coughs> One, one way that is very prevalent or, or obvious is the Ouija board. We all know what a Ouija board is. And they, they put their hands on this board and then the spirits start to talking to them. I've seen uh, uh, recently, you know, I, I like the Waltons because it goes way back into some of the old, old stuff. And there was, uh, the kids had found a Ouija board and they was all had their hand on it and were just moving all around. And, but the two, there was two or three adults in there that said, no, this one lady, her, the mother, get it out of the house because it's witchcraft. We don't need no spirits in here telling you what it was. Now, if you don't know, a spiritist is a person uh, that believes to, they're able to communicate with the dead. That's that's what that is. It's a, a spiritist is a person that that believes they're able to communicate with the dead. I don't have to go any further. That's what it says. If you believe you're able to communicate with the dead, give me a call. I help you get you get it out of you. Now in the New Testament, uh, it talks about the occult is uh, very clear and it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Uh, let's look at Acts eight. I'm going to run through this part, um, Acts 8, verses 9 through 24. And you all, to, to tell you the truth, we only have about 21, 20 minutes of this. And then after we finish with the scripture, I want to cut it off, cut off the tape, and we're going to do the open, open mic. And if anyone is online, stay online and join us for the open mic. That gives you an opportunity to ask questions. And I want to add, we, we open the floor for discussions. Because we are not blind. We see this all the time. And it happens everywhere. We we even see witchcraft that comes, walks into the church. Ch witches walks into the churches nowadays. But if we're blind, we can't see it. We just think, oh, that person is sick. Yes, they're mentally sick. 
they're mentally sick. A lot, a lot of we're, we're gonna get into it later, later down in the scripture. But I wanted to read this one. This is a good example in the uh, uh, in the New Testament. Uh, this Acts uh, eight nine through twenty four. It says Simon. It talks about Simon the sorcerer. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. We all know where Samaria was. He boasted that he was someone great. He was a great man, and he was able to talk to the dead. And all the people, this is verse 10, and all the people, both high and low, gave him attention and exclaimed, This is a man rightly called the great power of God. They followed, verse 11, they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. When Philip came about, he started baptizing people. Uh, Verse 13, Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. We know who Peter and John was, right? Verse 15, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there and that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, because of the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, that's because they were without knowledge. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus, uh, name of, of the Lord Jesus. That's, that's all they were baptized with at that time. But I, I've shared it with you all so many times. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he walked this earth, but then he ascended back to heaven and he sits on the right hand of the Father. When you believe that, the Spirit of God is lives within you. That's all you got to do. Live within you. Live right. Live holy. And there's all kind of promises that goes along with it. But those people had not been baptized yet. So verse 17 says, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given uh, at the laying on hands of the apostles, that the apostles laid hands on them, he offered them money. See, now this is the ignorant part, and I pray nobody's like that, that ignorant. He saw them laying on hands, and they received the Spirit. So he saw that, so he wanted to offer them some, some money so he can get the same thing. And he said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay hands, lay my hands, may receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't have the knowledge. That means when you don't have the knowledge, you do not have the the Holy Spirit. And I'll say that until I'm purple. If you're doing ignorant and stupid stuff, you do not, you have not truly received the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will not keep you in ignorance. I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit do not keep you in ignorance when you recognize and you know you have the Spirit of God living in. You have control. That's one thing. With the Spirit of God in us, you have control over what you do. You can recognize demons and all of that that comes up against you. But a lot of times, we don't get the whole fullness of it. Now, Peter answered, Verse 20, and Peter answered, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. We think we could buy the gift of God. No, we can't buy the gift of God. Oh, it's free. 
We can't buy God's gift. God's gift is, is the spirit. His spirit that can live in us. We can't, there's no money, enough money in the world to, to buy it. All we got to do is openly in our own soul is to receive. Verse 21, it says, you have no part of sharing this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Same thing applies to us today, you all. Verse 22, it said, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. This is when you don't stand for anything. You fall. When you don't stand for nothing, you fall for anything. Any evangelist, whatever come by, will got a good word or a good sound that make your, make your, make your arms and feet pop and lock. You have to have the spirit of God in you, living in you, so you can have the spirit of discerning. He gives you a discerning spirit to be able to know what's right and wrong. Yes, we're all born with a natural spirit, but we get so much uh, toxic. We live in a toxic environment, and we can't stand up for right. A lot of us don't want to stand up for right and wrong. We just want people to feed us all the time. That's what we have. Verse 23, it says, For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. I say that again. If you have bitterness, you do not have the Spirit of God living in you. I'll say it again. If you have bitterness, there is no Spirit of God living in you. If it's in you, you've saddened him, and, and he's very upset. Now, verse 24, this, then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. And Simon humbled himself, and he realized he had the wrong vision, wrong understanding. He asked him to pray for me. So that stuff, everything you say won't happen to me. And that's what we have to do with me. It's called repent. Repent. I'm going to give you another a couple of accounts. And whoever joined us, thank you for joining us. Uh, let's look at, I'm, I'm going to give you another quick one. I think is. Uh, let's see. Now, the, uh, there's an account also in the Bible, Bible about Elimus, the sorcerer. And that's in Acts uh, 13, verse 6 through 11. I'm not going to read all of this, and this is for you all to go back and read, do some reading time yourself, you know, and to be able to get equipped. This is part of the boot camp, and in order, as a good soldier, uh, one one thing I do know they they taught that when you go through the jungle, you got to be able to have the discerning spirit so you can hear who's walking up on you. Might be a wild animal hiding in the bush somewhere. You got to be ready to be able to put the animal before the animal can attack you. You're ready to fight back. See, we have to be equipped with the our sword is the word of God. We got to be equipped with the word of God so we know all this stuff comes up on. We got to be able to stand up for it. If you like I say, I'm gonna continue to say that if you don't stand up for it, you're gonna fall for anything to come. A lot of us die early because we don't pay any attention. A lot of us get sick because we don't pay any attention. Our body is telling me that is telling you that your right toe is hurting, and you're gonna just keep putting medicine on it, and all of a sudden your whole leg is numb. Oh, I'm just gonna keep rubbing alcohol, and I'll be all right. You better get your butt up and go to the doctor and find out why that leg is numb. Why why are you having headaches all the time? You just can't ignore it. If you want to be a soldier in the, in in the army of the Lord, you gotta be equipped. You just can't let any old mess come upon you because you can't tell nobody about Jesus sinking down and out. Poe, you can't tell. I don't want to hear it. I don't know nobody else that want to hear it because if you're going to tell me how good Jesus is, why he ain't good to you? 
Acts 16. Now at Philippi, you all remember this one. A fortune-telling girl lost her demon powers when the evil spirit was cast out by Paul. Remember when Paul then was going back and forth to the temple? And every day this this uh, gypsy girl or whatever she, this fortune-telling girl would, would come up and say, Oh, great man of God. Great man of God. These are great men of God. I don't want no sinner uh, trying to tell somebody who I am. My work stands for myself. I don't need no sinner validating me. God already validated me. And that's the same way you all should be. Now this, uh, Paul got tired of it. He refused to allow this good, this good statement to come from a demon influenced person. Paul had, Paul and Silas had, had, uh, discernment. They were able to see who this person was. A demon can walk right up in our face and half of us can't tell the difference. That's because we got a similar character. We got a familiar spirit. The, what, what the demon has, we have a piece of it in ourselves. So we can't see them because we can't see ourselves when we're in wrong. That was another part, part, uh, part of a spirit. Look at Acts 19. Uh, Acts 19 shows uh, a convert who abruptly broken with the former uh, occultism by confessing, showing their evil deeds, causing their magic paraphernalia to be burned before everyone. That's in Acts 19. Look at that one. Acts 19. I'm not going to pull it up. I want you all to do some studying yourself. He, he, when his eyes were open, that's why I prayed, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. The eyes of our hearts that mean that all that other junk gets out of the way. And we're able to see and hear what God's word says. That's the only way we're going to be able to uh, make it, you all. As Jesus said when he was in the wilderness, it is written. It's in the Bible. All we got to do is make up our minds to be able to follow what the Bible says. Get Deuteronomy uh, 18 verses 10 and 12, 10 through 12. Deuteronomy 18 Verses 10 through 12. Uh, now, 10 says, No one found among you who sacrifices their son or daughters in the fire, who practice divination, a sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft. That was one thing that was very prominent in the Old Testament. And we do it in a different form. And when we do open mic, I want somebody to tell me how we do it in a different form today. Said so they used to throw their children in fire. Throw, throw, throw their, their children in the fire. Uh, let's see. Verse 11 said, Or cast spells who is a medium or a spiritualist or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practices, the Lord your God will drive you out those nations before you. Let's bring it into the New Testament. Ephesians 5 and 11. Ephesians 5 and 11. I'd like to give you all base. I have so many scriptures here and I'm going to shorten it. I'm not going to give you all of them because I don't want to overwhelm you um, or make it useless. But I'd like to throw this with you so at least you can go back and listen to the podcast and maybe read the scripture yourself. I, I, I heard a little thing today that this new generation, us and some of the old ones too, we can retain it better when it's said to us. The word of God tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. Sometimes when you hear it, you might be able to retain it. 
retain it easier because a lot of us don't have uh if we read the the concept of it we don't really get that understanding but if we hear it we we put it in our child and then we then we land there one time when we need to hear the word of god it pops back up in you pops back up in you you'll be able to hear it. first ephesians 5 11 said have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them you see fruitless deeds of darkness. You just don't walk through it with your eyes shut. I, I still use the scenario. You just don't let anybody walk in your house and do whatever they want. We're in the kingdom of God. You just don't let anyone walk in your presence and do whatever they want to you. If, if Jesus even said, you know, when they were trying to say it, he's, he's up Beelzebub. He said, first you got to do is bind up the strong man. You got to take the owner of the house out of the way. And then you can do what you want. I don't know anybody that's powerful enough to walk in my house and take me out of the way. I really don't. First Thessalonians 5 and 22. First Thessalonians 5 and 22 said reject every kind of evil. Every kind of evil. It didn't say some. Oh, I don't want to bother them. It might hurt their feelings. Yeah, it's going to hurt their feelings. But God tells us to reject it. We don't swallow it. Now, one other question I had someone to ask me, does, uh, this, this was an ignorant question, but I'm answering it anyway. Does Halloween fill you with faith or fear? Some of you may ask that question and respectfully, I, I, I don't want to say it's an ignorant question, but, uh, now when you celebrate Halloween, it celebrates fear. The theme of Halloween is darkness, graves, blood, skulls, vampire, witches, and, and wizards infuse fear. All this stuff brings fear. There's no, nothing in there about God. God, I love light. I do, like I told you all before, I don't like a dark house. I don't care how high my light bill is going to do. Put me some lights on. I like to see the sun. S U N and S O N. The S O N does not live in darkness. He said that we're supposed to be light of the world. When somebody look at us and we're so much like Jesus or Christ like, we should be somebody that they want to approach, somebody want to approach us. But we're we're all dark and evil. I don't want to go near nobody that's dark and evil. Second Timothy one and seven. Second Timothy one and seven. For the Spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid, but give us power, love, and self-discipline. If you are a timid person, you need to repent and go back to God and ask Him for help, ask Him for assistance. The Spirit of God lives in us. He gives us holy boldness. We're not timid people. It's not everything somebody says to you, uh, you timid, you get all insulted. That means you need to get away from that person. Don't let a stupid person talk to you. I think I, I think I just put some on Facebook about arguing. With, it was a, a donkey and an elephant arguing. And it said, you know, don't argue with stupid people. Why, why are you going to argue with a, 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 a crazy person? We talked about this before. Am, am I honoring God in, in, the celebrate, in celebrating Halloween? 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. 1 Corinthians 10 and 20. Paul wrote, No, but the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons. 
not to God. And do not want you and I do not want you to participate with demons. This is what Paul wrote to the Corinthians. He said, the question was, am I honoring God and doing the celebration? And I say to you, as Paul wrote to them, no, you're not honoring God. But the sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. God uh, had one sacrifice, and that was his son, Jesus. Nothing else would qualify. No child, no nothing. You're saying that I'm, I'm, I'm sacrificing my life for God. No, you aren't worthy. You're not worthy. God already did it. He did it by sacrificing his son for all of us. You, you cannot die for me. Jesus already died for me. So whatever I do, I need to get a grip on myself and get it right. Next question. Now, can evil spirits disguise themselves as others? I, I want you all to listen to this. And this one here is Second uh, Corinthians 11. 14 and 15. I want you all to get that if you can. Second Corinthians 11, 14 and 15. The question is, can uh, evil spirits disguise themselves as others? In, in some generations, it, in, in real life, is actually called a familiar spirit. A familiar spirit is a demonic spirit or a spirit of a dead person. That's what a familiar spirit is. Familiar spirits would carry on generations and generations. Something that happened maybe 900 years ago down through that line. It'll keep right on go, going. And there's a scripture that said God will forgive us. And he said that this, this those spirits would not go down. He said it only go to the sins will only go to the third and fourth generations of those uh, that hate me. But those that love me, it'll go, his, his blessings and love will go for over a thousand generations. So, uh, verse 14 said, uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Listen to what I'm saying, you all. And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. This is in the Bible. This is called a familiar spirit. 15 said, It's not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness, their end will be what their actions deserve. Now, a spirit or a demon that serves and prompts an individual is a spirit of a dead person and invoked by medium or advice or a prophecy. Sometimes these uh, prophets can give you a word, and the word when you have the spirit of God living in you, you know whether or not it's right or wrong. We have to be to a level, a level in God, living in this uh, kingdom of God, and now going through this boot camp lesson. You got to learn the difference between right and wrong. You just can't close your eyes to stupid, stupid stuff that's always happening. And I wonder why this is happening. I wonder why this child is is, is like this. Know where you came from. Look back in the generations. What did their father's father do? What did their mother's 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 mother do? That's why that crap is going on. And when you keep speaking of, well, they're just like their daddy, just like, just like their grandfather, stupid. We have to open our eyes, you all, and know what's going on. Uh, 
remember remember the thing about Saul and the witch of Condor? I think it was Condor or whatever it was. When he prayed, he he had banded all the witches in the land. He had he was supposed to have all of one, all of them killed, but one wasn't killed. And so when he, after the prophet Samuel uh, died and went off, he he had a problem. He wanted to. Uh, uh, God has stopped talking to him for his disobedience. His disobedience was that he started doing the uh, sacrifices when God told him not to. He told him not to do sacrifice. Just a little bit of thing because the people said it. This, the, he was a leader and the people were bugging him. Well, you need to go ahead and do it now. We can't wait for the prophet. We need to do now. And so he started doing it. And so when the prophet came up, he said, God's going to take your kingdom away from you because you were disobedient. I don't want God to take my life away away from me because of what somebody else said and I follow them. Now, let's, let's, let, I want to go to one right here. Get, uh, let's see if I do, I do have it. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7. And Ecclesiastes, uh, no, I'm, yeah, nine and five. We're going to talk about that. Sometimes these spirits walk around here on the earth. Uh, one question is, uh, does the dead, dead know anything about what's happening here on the earth? That's the question a lot of us have had asked to us. You think the dead still know uh, what's happening here on earth? Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 says, And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. So the answer is no. My mother died. What Y'all help me, Adele. She's been dead over, over 22 years. Her memory's in my heart. Yeah, 20. Now, her 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 her, her memories in my heart, but she daggone ain't walking around here on this earth telling me nothing. All that they taught me, I got so excited to know that I'm three months be uh, before I was. Uh, I'm gonna be seventy five years old. I got so excited today. I started to call somebody and say, "Y'all dance for me." I was listening to a, a convocation that was going on, and I was so happy. And just enjoying and thinking about the memories when I was born and the fact that God gave me an assignment and I'm able to walk in that assignment, even though I'm not physically walking, but I'm being obedient, doing what he's saying, educating his people. And I'll do that until my, I can't do it anymore. But those uh, people that has gone on, they can't hear us. But we allow those Familiar spirits, those spiritists to put those things in our brain that they can hear us and we could talk to them. That's what the Mormons believe. That's one of the one of the things that the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness believe. But no. Once you're dead, it says dust returns to the ground. And the spirit returns to God. Getting Ecclesiastes nine and five. Ecclesiastes nine and five. For the living know what they I said this, let me start reading it right. For the living know that they will die, but the dead knows nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Sooner or later their name is I don't I don't think my, my great grandkids the only reason they know about my mom and daddy because I tell them about it all the time and I tell them about my sisters and brothers and what, what we did. I tell them that well they know Uncle Robbie. 
they can tell me some stuff about Uncle Robert themselves. Now, in the songs, we're, we're gonna we're about done here. I don't want to hold you all too 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 long, but it's a couple of things I want to get to here. I want us to get Luke sixteen. Verses 19-31. This is a story about a rich man and poor man that uh, Jesus taught, a parable that Jesus got about Lazarus and the rich man. And this is Luke 16, verses 19-31, through 31, and I'm going to read it. There was a rich man who dressed in simple purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus. This is not the same Lazarus that Jesus raised from the dead. It's not the same one. Uh, at the gate was a laid a beggar named Lazarus covered with sores. Verse 21, And longer to eat what fell from the rich man's table, even the dogs came and licked the sores. The time came when the beggar died, and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades, where he was tormented he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. <coughs> Excuse me. The rich man also died and was buried in Hades where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me. And send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in, fire, in the fire. The arrogant, he was still dead and had arrogance. Verse 25 said, But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good tidings, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Verse 26, and besides all this, between us, us and your great chasm has been set in place so that you want to go from here to you. He cannot. He cannot go from here to you. There was a quote they call a great gulp. You know, we all know it's a gap, whatever. They could not go between Abraham's bosom down to Hades. And he answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. Still arrogant. Don't tell don't tell Abraham what he should do. You got some arrogant A people in this world. They're gonna always tell you what to do. But when you don't stand for that, they'll stop it. Verse twenty eight For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, verse twenty nine, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen, let let them listen to them. Verse thirty. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone arises from the dead. Isn't it crazy? That's crazy. That 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 is uh. To me, that's total arrogance. And sometimes that happens in our life, you know. It, it, it can happen to any of us. We don't want to hear what a teacher is saying or what a true prophet is saying. Uh, uh, just to give you all a little tip-tap, however, a prophecy, first of all, when God gives you something, a prophet comes in and confirms it. 
That means the same thing that God said to you, a prophet will come say the same thing. Over, over the many years that I've been in ministry, one thing God had me to do, when all, when you're doing well, everybody want to give your prophecies what God says. And I am one that said, you, you got a prophecy to me. I used to carry a little book, write it down. Write it down because I don't want to forget it when it happens. And that'll stop a lot of these so-called prophets when they come to trying to lay hands on and give you a word of God. My thing is, you write it down when it comes to the fact, uh, I'll share it with you that it happened. That'll stop a lot of people because they're not going to have the boldness to write it down or not take the time to write it down. But those that does, when it happens, you confirm with them, yes, your word came true. Your prophecy came true. But first of all, God will give it to you, give you an opportunity to be obedient. I didn't have anybody to tell me when God says in 2020, he said, I'm doing a new thing. I get so excited, y'all. As an enemy had tried to kill me, they had already killed my brother and they were trying to kill me. They didn't know who I was. At 16 years old, God told me who I was. I was not going to allow the enemy to kill me. Yes, the accident happened because the enemy is that cunning. He's that cunning. He will tear you down but if you get around people they'll keep you down. Like, like to me today you all, I don't allow people to come around me that much. Every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll allow a friend or whatever. Uh, I have a couple friends I let come in my house but I don't let too many come in because people, people want to put you in a pity zone. I have done a lot of work in the community over the years. I've helped build a lot of churches over the year, but I was always one of these silent people. I've never been a person to go around and boost and boost and, and yell, God is doing this, God having me. I'm, I'm not, that's not who I am. I'm a solid, I'm a silent worker in, in the kingdom. And so now that I'm not out there doing all of this, the first thing people that do not have the spirit of God live are the wisdom of God. They want to put you in a pity zone. Oh, they feel sorry for you. I'm not going to allow that vomit to come in my house. Because God said to me, I'm already healed. Jesus already died. On the, he already got the beats and the stripes and all of that. So I'm already healed. I just have to have this old crazy diabetic body to catch up with what God is saying. Eat right, do right, do right, and I'll get it all back. But I'm not going to allow somebody else to name who I am. And this is so cute here, y'all. <coughs> uh Quite some years ago, there was an old uh, radio announcer. I, I like this, and it started back. It said after World War World War Two, he was on the radio. Way, well, it says it started actually on May tenth, nineteen seventy six, and he would always end his uh, story. He would tell stories about what was happening, facts that was happening, and he would always end it and say, "And now you know the rest of the story." And I say that to you all. Today, now you know the rest of the story.